Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Fantastic Minute. I'm Tyler Boudreaux. And I'm Condra Boudreaux. And we're here talking about Wes Anderson's Fantastic Mr. Fox, One Minute at a Time. We're on minute number four of Fantastic Mr. Fox. Minute number four starts with Mr. Fox telling Felicity Fox that she's practically glowing and ends with them trapped in a cage. Got any starting points, Condra? Yes, because I'll start with the music. After Mr. Fox delivers the line about her practically glowing, it moves into our second, third song, if you want to count. First pop song. First, Davy Crockett. It oh yeah, I forgot about Davy Crockett. Our third song on the soundtrack, uh, Heroes and Villains by the Beach Boys. Not one of their today one of their popular songs, but yeah. was big at the time. I don't have any stats or anything on it, but it was very <laughs> big. And it really... So it does not include the introduction of this song, and it goes right into the jaunty middle part of yeah, the The introduction song. of the song is like nothing, though. It's like... they. What's perfect about this is they played the only good part of the song. Because after the... I af- like the end, though, where it's just heroes and villains over and over After again. where it ends right here, it's like terrible for the rest of the song. I like the... Dum- Bum, 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 bum. But, like, that's it. Like, if you're going to pick out a part of this song to listen to, I'll only listen to the, this 40 seconds of it. Well, let's agree to disagree. Um, <laughs> can, we, also, can we please talk about Felicity as a lamp? Because that is the coolest thing yeah, ever. Yes, so, as a, as a part of surreal filmmaking, Mr. Fox says, you're practically glowing, and Wes Anderson chooses to have a lamp Felicity, wherein she is actually glowing glowing and radiating light onto him. He holds up his hand to her and it casts a shadow on him. And her eyes move and it's super cool. Yeah, it's like, if it wasn't stop motion you'd be like, how'd they do that? But it's like, just stop motion so they just like repainted their eyes or something. Yeah. It is a great use of surreal effect in this movie which you don't really get a lot of but it kind of sets the tone for like oh it's kind of lighthearted. don't really take it too seriously we're just kind of having fun seeing what we can do with this filmmaking honestly this is one of my favorite visual gags in the whole film oh yeah totally and spoiler alert but how they bring it at the end where they're both glowing yeah I just can't wait for that minute yeah they, they top it. it yeah but spoilers <laughs> but no I love I love this shot so much. Yeah. Especially them side by side and like her kind of looking at him but like mm-hmm. she let her, her body like kind of moves which is kind of funny because you can imagine like I'm just leaning the lamp on yeah. it like putting some gum tape under it yeah. or something. It's great. And then we move into the the it's it's kind of a montage but it's all what what if it was actual like filming instead of stop motion what would be one shot mm-hmm. just Which them is pretty sc- cool. scrolling to the right constantly as Mr. and Felicity Fox run through the farm yeah and there's some really cool background things going on so yeah totally in every single like new setting that they're in front of there's some one or something an animal human or not like mammal moving behind them just to kind yeah. of give a sense of the wider world they yeah because they go by the house and someone's in like trying to get the TV to work. And, and there's they, a sheep and a horse Yeah, they and go the by dog, the dog and then there's and another person like chopping doing wood. chopping wood. And it gives you a sense of the scale of what the foxes like look like in size because they're when really they're running through skinny. the house they're like they're really small like they're not tall. Like the rest of the movie since 
It's like in The Hobbit, like, or The Lord of the Rings. Like, when it's just them, they look normal-sized, but when in comparison, they obviously look smaller. Yeah. And the puppets themselves, I've done a little digging into that. They're... They have different puppets for different shots kind of thing. And these puppets probably their full size form or about a foot and a half to two feet which is pretty cool yeah. and pretty significant in size. The People kid, are obviously put work into it. Yeah. The kids later are a little smaller so yeah. you can really see that comparison. Yeah. I think so how does the Heroes and Villain song they're tra- they're thieving but it's also kind of just like a joyous like happy happy song like they're, he's doing what he's done since before he could walk kind of thing he, they're they're very much doing what foxes are supposed to do so it's heroic in a way that they're getting food for themselves and they're performing their natural duty okay so here's my question the title is heroes and villains yes. is that supposed to have any deeper meaning like well he's a hero but this is also em- emblematic of his pride which will like later be his like flaw I don't know I think I, yes probably a bit but also <laughs> I think it's a fun song and it's a good montage song which is kind of yeah. what this scene is yeah and I also don't really listen to the the lyrics as I've been in this town so long. I don't really know the words I don't think I don't know. I wouldn't go so far as saying this song necessarily has a deeper meaning. There are a few songs that I think do have some significance, and we'll get to them eventually. But there are a couple fun things with the squabs specifically that I want to talk about. First of all, there's squab jerky in one of the boxes that they go by, and it says they're perishable. Which, jerky is not perishable. Well, I guess over a long time it is perishable, or it hasn't been treated to the point where it is non-perishable. Oh. Well, I still find that weird. And why <laughs> call it jerky? Because if it's not to the know. point where it's not perishable, if it's non-perishable... No, we're really digging deep here. You know, this is a minute by minute. <laughs> okay. Um, and then, after they walk out of the squab house... The hen house, whatever. The little squab home that says 27B over it. Those little squabs have X's in their eyes. It's so precious. And y- yeah, that is a gag that they do later because Kylie's eyes later have the swirls in them. Mm-hmm. And, and then, the dog's eyes turn red. And the rat. And the rat, the rat oh yeah, when the rat, the rat dies, dies, his eyes X out. And that's a really great gag later on. But here it's so not noticeable. Yeah, because they're it, already dead when they come out. But it's prefacing something that's going to happen. Kind of like the lamp. Yeah. Here's my question. Why do they only kill two squabs? There's only two of them. No, wait. Do I think they kill more? No, I don't think they do. Let's not. Let's not go back and look at it. I don't I, know. They they've each got one in their mouths when they come out. But I think one of them has one in their hands too. That's possible, but I doubt it. Well, maybe it's they're living day to day, or they're next just like, oh, let's let's get dinner. Yeah. Instead of McDonald's, they they do the drive-through squabs. Yeah. Also, the cage says, says "wild animal destruction" on it. Yeah, Butler and Son, "wild animal destruction." That seems a little intense. Yeah, but I mean, also, like, you want to really get rid of those animals. But also, that cage is pretty intense, and Mr. Fox is so wrong about it, and it's great. Well, no, here's my question. <laughs> He pulls the lever, Which is, and the, the cage comes straight down It's on it. like, you see the cage is above you. It's obviously not spring-loaded. What no, are you thinking? No, here's my question. How come it only comes down when he pulls the lever? I think it's because he wouldn't have hit it. Like, 
It's one of those things, if you'd have even hit it, it probably would have moved. But, like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to it, reason it. This has always been one thing that's confused me. Is like, he deliberately pulls the lever, and that's the only thing that brings the cage down on him. I bet if it would have moved in general, it would have brought the cage down, yeah. but where it was such a violent pulling, kind of, like, violent <laughs> okay. hitting, but... Yeah, and, uh, of course, as you mentioned, he's wrong about it. He thought it was gonna land over there, but it doesn't. Land straight down on them. Although, they will, he will comment on this in the next minute, so don't, don't completely yeah, finish your thought. but it is, yeah, it's obviously foreshadowing of his cockiness, his pride, his arrogance. Yeah. But we've gone into that. Yeah. We'll get there. Alright, uh, anything else to say about this minute? Yes. There's this moment where they're in front of the stack of logs, and he's whistling, and I don't know why, and they both look at each other and just shrug, and then that's my sentiment of that moment, because I'm like, okay, cool, you're shrugging, I'm shrugging, I don't know what's going on, are you trying to call someone, let someone know you're here? Well, yeah, that's my... Checking to make sure someone's not in the squab house already? Here's my explanation. They kind of, they separated momentarily... So, Mr. Fox thought he was going to be there alone, so he was whistling, because he wasn't looking directly at her when he was whistling. He was, like, looking away. Which I think was just him being foolish and, like, haphazard the way he was in the tree. No, and he was whistling to signal to her that that's where he was, and then they see each other, and they're like, oh, we were right next to each other all along. So then they shrug, and they just keep going. It was more, their shrug was kind of nonchalant, and they were like, eh. It more felt like an eh shrug than like a... A oh, meh shrug? Yeah, a meh shrug. <laughs> than like a, oh, you're right next to me, like surprise kind of shrug. Yeah. It, it wasn't a surprise. They didn't look surprised. They kind of looked nonchalant bored. Okay. I suppose anthropomorphization of fox faces so we can detect their emotions is important. Yes. Okay, anything else? No, I think I'm good for this minute. Yeah. And we can talk more about Mr. Fox being wrong in the next minute. Wrong. Okay. Um, no. <laughs> uh, the highlight, yeah, the highlight of the minute for me is the whole montage and being in quote unquote one shot of them just scrolling to the right and going through the farm. But obviously, the glowing joke is great also. Yes. They're also really thin. And you yeah. really see it in this montage, especially when they're, like, doing weird tricks over each other and, like, being amazing Cirque du Soleil performers. <laughs> okay. Alrighty. Well, we'll call it there. This has been Minute minute 4 of Fantastic Mr. Fox. This has been Fantastic Minute, and I hope you have a fantastic day. I'm Tyler Boudreau. And I'm Condra. Signing off. Fantastic.